I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Morning, Bucknutters. It is th- those of you on Twitter, Facebook, etc., are looking at the beautiful faces of Bill Kerlick and Mark Porter as we go live this morning. Just a few of you signed on here now. If you're happy, but we are going to get into today what makes Bucknutters happy, and that is quality recruiting content. And you could not have two better guys here to do that, Mark and Bill. How goes it on another gray Ohio day, despite the sun shining in through my window? All good. Doing well here, and we're supposed to have all sun starting this afternoon here in Columbus. So looking good. I think we're going to get into the 90s over the weekend, which makes sense considering it was in the low 50s here earlier this week, and it's Ohio. So there's your weather update, people. For those of you spread across the globe, we are in Basically, Ohio here. You got Southwest Ohio, Central, and Northeast covered. It's still so, still a little wet up here, but we're going to be okay. It's moist. It's Ohio. It, it weighs on you. I'm not going to lie. Every uh, every winter, the discussion of of uh, the snowbird discussion gets a little louder in this in this house, Bill. I don't know if you knew that. Oh yeah. All right, let's talk recruiting. There have been a bunch of new offers that have gone out, Bill, and that is because. Our guys are out on the road. The staff is out. In Ohio, there's no such thing as spring practice. And also, by the way, we will not be paying our athletes, for anyone who noticed that about high school guys. But not the case in every other state. There's spring practice, especially in the South. Bill, our Ohio State staff is mobilized and giving out offers and going to spring games, high school spring games. Can you bring us up to speed on what the staff is getting done on the road? Well, it's getting near the end of the spring evaluation period, as Mark, uh, you know so well. Um, So they're getting their last stops in. Um, And it is also getting uh, at the end or near the end for most of the high school spring, uh, spring activities. You know, Louisiana um, has already ended their spring activities for the most part. Um, Tackett Curtis finished up uh, his spring practices last week, and the kids in Florida will be finishing up this week. Uh, um, kids in Georgia. In Georgia, they get 10 days of spring practices. That's it. So they make the most of it. Um, but they're ending up too. In fact, Larry Johnson is supposed to be at the end uh, ender for oh, one of the highest states uh, target type guys, Damon Wilson. He's a defensive end out of Venice, Florida. His team is has their spring game 
later today. Uh, they're playing, I believe, at Lakeland, and Larry Johnson is supposed to be there. Lakeland, by the way, is another outstanding football school in Florida. So all the, you know, the schools in the South are finishing up. High State's been hitting Georgia, Florida really hard, and they're getting to those spring practices and spring games. And, um, uh, you know, that, that'll lead into camps that start uh, June 1st. And we'll get to that. But one of the Georgia prospects that's, I know, very high on their list, Caleb Downs. Mark, you did a deep dive on him recently. I'm sure he's the apple of the eye. I think he's the best safety out there that I've seen. What do you think, Mark? Uh, I think you're onto something there. And when you say safety, what makes him so electric at safety is he has corner skills. He's got hips and he's got explosion where if you ever wanted to transition him to a corner, I think he has the athletic ability to do it. That being said, his real strength is he plays like a linebacker. He is a physical hitter, stick your nose in there, throwback, mean-spirited type player when he gets in the box. So you have the safety attitude with the corner skills, and voila, you have one of those safeties you can roll down on a slot and not worry about coverage abilities. You have a safety you can roll in the box and not worry about his physicality, and you have a safety who can play over the top and has the range. His, his range a few times on that film where he's 15 yards off the, uh, the ball, and next thing you know, he's flying into the pitcher, uh, at full speed. He, he's one of those kids that's got the motor and he plays at full speed. So Dan's right. He's one of the top safeties, but it's because when you talk about safeties, he can do it all back there. He's not limited to just, oh boy, if he rolls down on the slot, we're in trouble. Or if he's going to cover a tight end or back, we're in trouble. Now he, he's got all those skills and then some. He, he might be able to take away some of the better receivers he sees. Bill, Caleb checks one box that has become very important to me, and that is he is the son of a former NFL player, Gary Downs, a running back. He's also from Georgia. It feels like half the guys we recruit are sons of NFL players who live in Georgia. Give me your thoughts on Caleb Downs. This is not a guy who's going to have an issue picking a school in terms of interest. No, this one is really, really tight. Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, the big three, and yeah, he could legitimately end up at any of those three schools. Um, talking yesterday to Rusty Manziel, our guy in Georgia, who uh, has just recently been at Caleb Downs School and spent time with him, he really doesn't know which way he's going to go between the three schools, and he doesn't think anybody does, uh, uh, that even Caleb does at this point. But Ohio State, uh, it was probably, I don't know, two months ago that uh, he wasn't being talked about that much in relation to Ohio State having a legitimate chance at him. And, and I had said Ohio State is a serious – at that point I said Ohio State is in this one seriously and big time. And, and people on Bucknuts were, were ecstatic that uh, they were in that good a shape with Caleb Downs. And, and it's going to go down to the wire. He's going to, uh, to make his official visits and – probably shortly after that, make his decision, I think. And which way it goes, it, it could go any of those three ways right now. And it, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a huge decision. As Mark said, he's as good as it gets when you come to safety prospects for the class of 2023. What a trio, by the way, if you're down to Ohio state, Georgia and Alabama, my guess is the chances you get picked in the first two rounds of the NFL draft is about above 50%. And that's what they're all in it for. Who else should we look for, Bill? Who else are they out on the road seeing? I said Tim Walton was at Springfield. 
give us an idea of how they're going to finish things up and then how that leads into camp season. Well, like I said, they're going to hit the the spring games as the end here, the spring practice sessions as the end. Uh, those, as we know, are predominantly in the South. Ohio does not have that. Um, but, um, you know, one thing that I thought was was pretty interesting in, in comparing, you know, we all feel like Ohio has great football, and it does have great football. But uh, you look at Georgia, for instance, you know, they have – a typical class in Georgia has approximately 300 Division One kids in that class. Wow. That's an incredible number. You know, Mark, you can give the number from Ohio, but it's not anywhere near that number. But that's incredible. And that's why Ohio State is recruiting that state and Florida and Texas so hard. Georgia, per capita, has now passed up Florida and Texas for the most division one prospects. And, you know, Mark, you know, I, I think I, I know the general number in Ohio, but you probably know it better than I do. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been tracking it for about 14 years and I actually have the history on the site, but I want to say about 10 years ago, we hit a record with 167. Okay. And then usually it's about 125, give or take. We had a couple of years where it was 111, 115 recently. Last year with COVID, the number dipped to 79. Wow. Yeah, that was shocking. So with kids, and I don't mean to digress and shoot over to another uh, topic here, but with fifth-year seniors sticking around with COVID, with uh, coaches going to the transfer portal, uh, there were just not as many scholarships out. And, and a place uh, like Youngstown State had the best class in the history of Youngstown State because instead of starting at 125 and picking your players – they were starting at 79 and picking their players. So they ended up with Mac players, Big Ten players. Uh, it's really been a little shakeup here in Ohio. But, uh, yeah, as you know, Florida, Texas, Georgia, and uh, California are the four biggest. And then Ohio is fifth, but there's certainly a drop-off after those. And I, and I thought Georgia was around 250. And like I said recently, they their numbers have gone up and ours have kind of dropped down a little. It certainly does seem that there's been a migration generally towards Atlanta and that area over the last 15 years, just incredible prospects. Let's not forget the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. There was a class a couple of years ago in Georgia, I think had like six big time division one quarterbacks, like the, basically the who's who Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state type. So it is good that we have our resources deployed there and that Georgia cannot take all of them because yeah, they're definitely, yeah. Go ahead. Speaking of resources, I, I wrote about this in my column on Sunday, uh, and then it was in an, an article again that I did yesterday on Bucknuts. Miguel Patrick, what a resource he is for Ohio State and Georgia. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know who Miguel Patrick is, you're probably going to know about him in the next year or so if you don't already. Uh, Tim Walton is recruiting in Georgia. He's from Georgia. He's an Ohio State uh, assistant coach, coaches cornerbacks, and most people know him. Uh, but Mikel Patrick was was hired as defensive quality control assistant. He was a successful high school coach in Georgia for a number of years. He was the head coach at uh, Cedarwood Elwood um, for a year and won a state championship. And Ohio State hired him to be quality control assistant. And he's got all kinds of contacts in Atlanta and Southern Georgia. And, you know, like I mentioned, you know, uh, uh, 
he is a really good, re- great resource for Ohio. And it's only going to get better the longer he stays at Ohio State. As Ohio State, it's no wonder they're recruiting so many great players in Georgia, and he's a big part of it. That's a great point, Bill, kind of a layered inside recruiting thing. And I thought at the end you hit it nicely. If this guy keeps cleaning up, guess who's going to be offering him a job next year? Everybody. Mm-hmm. So let's strike while the iron is hot. And it's clear Georgia has just, I mean, just look at the draft. Their defensive draft, you can go through there. And we've said this so many times, when you're recruiting, for for example, we know this now. When you're recruiting wide receivers at Ohio State, it's very easy to turn to the prompter and show picks, you know, 10, 11, and 12. Imagine what it would have been like recruiting for Georgia's defense this year when literally they didn't just get all first-round picks. They got multiple guys at every position. So you can go across the board. There's no strength or weakness. It's incredible. So that's who we're competing with on the recruiting front. I've always felt like it's Ohio State and Alabama, and sometimes it was Clemson. Sometimes it was, you know, LSU at times, but now it does appear that Georgia has become the third of the big three. Let's talk about another big time prospect that Ohio State is after before we get to a history, excuse me, get to a number of questions we have here. And that is Olaus Allenen. He is another Ohio State showing an ability to recruit Georgia and the world. They got Harrow Canoe. Through a connection, uh, California via overseas. Now they are in on another big time prospect, Olaus Allenen. Bill, bring us up to speed, maybe on who he is, and then Mark has done a great report on him. This is a guy I think we're really going to want to see in scarlet and gray. Yeah, and I think his his decision I think will come down to Ohio State or Alabama. Again, you know the the, the two of the three names we we often mention, um, but he is from Finland. His family still lives in Finland, and uh, they're. Uh, They're going to come back to the United States as he takes all of his official visits. Two of them will be uh, to Ohio State and Alabama. Ohio State gets the last shot June 24th. I believe Alabama is right before that, if I'm not, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, But uh, an interesting little sidelight in that Ohio State uh, has kind of a connection there a little bit that some maybe schools don't have in that the GM of the Columbus Blue Jackets is from Finland. And a lot of the players, not a lot, but some of the players. Is his last name Hakkinen? <laughs> some of the players are from Finland. And when Olas visited here in March, he stayed with the GM of the Blue Jackets, and it's gone very well. The, the, the two have stayed in contact. And as the old saying goes, any little advantage is an advantage in recruiting. And that's something Ohio State has that, uh, you know, maybe they can convince him and help convince him that you'll feel at home with the Finland connection here at Ohio State. They can perhaps convince him. So, you know, that's kind of an interesting situation there. And he's outstanding. And he's a guy that Ohio State would love to add to this class. Mark, he is a tackle prospect, long and strong. What's your review? That's exactly what I was going to start with. Uh, obviously, we have the big three in Ohio, Padilla, Sierveld, and Montgomery. And we talked about them last week, and the word was versatility. They could play all three possessions, but a lot of people think they're going to be guards and centers at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. here's your tackle body. Here's the guy with the 747 wingspan and the long arms and the big feet and the kick step and takes a mile to run around a guy like that. That's what he has going for him. 
but he's also big and strong and he'll root you out of there in the run game. And, you know, he'll get his pads low and drive block you. So for a big guy, he is an elite talent. Of course, if you know, like you say, Alabama and Ohio State are in your final two. Uh, but this is the type of player that Ohio State won't move into guard. He won't be one of those tackles to guards. He'll be a tackle the whole time. And I think he's going to be excellent once he gets into college because he is not a finished product. Coming from Finland, obviously, there wasn't a lot of youth football and a lot of that type of stuff. So he came as an athlete, and he's still learning the game. So what you see right now, there's still more to add to that. You know, he's only maybe at 80% of his growth. He is a finished product, but he is not a finished product. Do you like that, Bill? Uh, <laughs> hey, Dan, I got to go back real quick on one thing. Um, we're talking about the, the linemen right now, offensive linemen, but Ohio State's looking for defensive linemen in this class still, too. And there's a reason that uh, they're getting visits from some, some Georgia defensive linemen. For instance, Vic Burley, really good defensive, great defensive lineman from Georgia. Um, Darren Reed is another one that Ohio State's in on, A.J. Hoffler, and so on. Think back to last class, the class of 2022. Georgia signed a bunch of really, really high-ranked defensive linemen. So that's not quite as big a priority for them this year. And, and kids in Georgia realize Georgia hit the jackpot last year with defensive linemen. So not saying kids want to shy away from competition. They usually don't. But if you're a Georgia kid and you know that class of Georgia defensive linemen that they took in 2022 is absolutely stacked, you might be a little more inclined to look out of state for a college. Um, it, I think that's part of the reason why Ohio State is really going hard after some uh, top defensive linemen in Georgia because, you know, Ohio State situations is pretty good, at least, you know, comparatively to the group that Georgia took last year, which was spectacular. Yeah, I think A.J. Hoffler is a guy who may not even have a Georgia offer or he's not high on their list, and he's fantastic. And Rusty Manziel told you, Bill, just don't have enough room for him. Just can't mm -hmm. be on the list this year, which is, we'll take him. And that's, that's go ahead. Fantastic is an undersell for AJ Hoffler. He's beyond yeah. fantastic. Like it, it's mind blowing that he doesn't have an offer from Georgia. We'll take it. I mean, that's that right there lets you know where Georgia is as a state when one of the big three, being Alabama and Ohio State, is just happy with the overspill. That's incredible. Um, yeah. It's awesome. It's, 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 I'm glad Nick Saban isn't the coach at Georgia. I'll just say that. We're going to take a quick break here for those listening to the podcast, and then we're going to come back and try and hammer out some questions here because there are a bunch of them. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. And we are back. All right, here we go. Brass tacks. Getting Caleb is a long shot to go to Ohio State, Bill. How do you feel about that? 
Um, I, I assume we're talking about Caleb Downs there. Oh, we and, sure are. And I would definitely disagree with that. Sorry, brass tacks, but it's not a long shot. Ohio State is, as I mentioned, like a couple, several months ago, they're in this one seriously. And, you know, I think what it's going to come down to is does really two, two schools, basically. I'm going to combine Alabama and Georgia as one school. He either wants to stay in the South and play in the SEC, and he goes to one of those two schools, or he goes to Ohio State. So I think, you know, I would put Ohio State in the top two because he obviously can't go to both Alabama and Georgia. One of those two versus Ohio State. So it it definitely could go Ohio State's way, absolutely. One of the things I wanted to mention about uh, the NFL Suns again is that I think guys who are sons of NFL players are a little bit more apt to leave their state, given the fact their parents have been through the process. Gary Downs made his money in New York uh, and then got back to uh, Georgia. So these kids may be a little more worldly. Just uh, most of them are rich kids if they're son of pro athletes. So the kids like that tend to be a little bit less dependent on regional schools. If you look at colleges in general, that's how it works. So, I'm saying anything out loud that can make Caleb Downs possibly choose Ohio State and some kind of a mental shoot that down there. All right, Ed Rogers, one of our best. What freshman will play the most for Ohio State this year? We're going football here. Who wants the first shot? Ooh, that's, a, that's a tough question. See, they, they didn't redshirt too many freshmen last year, so there's not like a low-hanging fruit question here. Maybe Bill has a name that popped in his head. C.J. Well, Hicks? C.J. Hicks is the guy I first pops into my head. I, I know he was impressive during spring practices. He was running with the uh, the ones and twos some. And, um, you know, he'd probably be the guy that would pop immediately to mind for me. Gabe Powers, I was told, uh, looked and did a really nice job this spring. And, uh, you know, they've got linebackers back. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Maybe some of these kids, I, I think those, those two could get into the two deep. If you count red shirts, I think you can expect to see a few in the secondary as well. Um, oh, Kai Stokes is another one. Talk yeah. about two deep. He, Very, I, I can't imagine him not being in, in the two deep uh, come the fall. Kai Stokes had a Malik Hooker-esque spring game, so he's certainly going to get a shot. David Belasic, Belachik, Belasic, I don't know. Now that Dylan is in the fold, of course, this is Dylan Rayola, class of 2024 quarterback who recently committed. Does this possibly close the door on Jaden Davis? Things seem to have gone cold of late. I believe Jaden Davis is from South Carolina, Bill, another of the elite quarterback prospects. Do you think he's still considering Ohio State, or has Dylan gotten everybody off the scent in 24? I feel pretty confident saying there's only going to be one 2024 quarterback at Ohio State. Um, now, would Jaden Davis reclassify? I, I talked to him about that at one point. He said that that's really, at least at that point, really wasn't in his thinking. He was happy with the class of 2024. So as long as Jaden Davis doesn't reclassify, which I don't necessarily expect to happen, uh, it's Dylan Rayola. Brass taxes all over it. He thinks Caden Curry will play the most as a freshman. That's not a bad pick. I yeah, uh, heard a lot yeah. about Caden Curry. And one of the things you may want to look at for a, a freshman is motor. 
and Caden Curry has that motor where I think everybody knows you want to catch a football coach's eye at practice. You're the guy in the front of the line. You're the guy that wants to go twice. You're the guy with the motor. Football coaches are almost bizarrely biased towards guys like that, and that's the way to catch your football coach's eye, and he's done it. Um, And he's done it against great competition, too. When I was in Texas um, for the All-American Bowl, you know, that's the best on best down there. And he was really good. I mean, you know, he he, practice wise, he was getting after the quarterback. He was really, really good. And I felt like going into that, he had a chance to be special. And after that uh, week of being in Texas and watching him play against the best, I thought this kid can really play. And listen, uh, Indiana has tricked us before. There have been guys who have come from there that I thought were going to be big-time players that maybe the quality of competition in that state didn't portend to such. But um, I think we're in shape here. Mark from Brass Tax. Ohio ahead of New Jersey when it comes to producing talent. New Jersey's kind of had a dip. Same with Pennsylvania over the last 15 years, I think. Yeah, correct. The Pennsylvania, New Jersey put out about 90 to 100 prospects a year. Last I checked, the uh... Those numbers are kind of hard to find nationally, but Ohio's definitely ahead of those two states. But New Jersey has some powerhouse, you know, schools there where those schools produce like any school around the country. Uh, so the quality of prospects coming out of that state are pretty good, but I don't think there's a lot of quantity. And, and that's something that's always blown my mind, going through those areas, even New York City. How is New York City not producing the most prospects in the world? How does that, you know, place have that population and, Football is just not a priority for the youth and the development. It just, you know, the talent has to be there, just a numbers game. But, you know, it doesn't make sense that New York City is in one of the most recruited places on earth. Yeah, there's not, it's just not a big deal there. I don't know if it's because if it's the city or whatever, but football, yeah. high school football, if you look at the numbers, New York would be probably the lowest on terms of population versus players produced. Yeah. Whereas you go to a place like Mississippi, they'll probably produce as many players as New York with, I don't even. I hesitate to even make a you know one tenth, one fifteenth the population. Yeah, yeah it, so. it is a staggering thing to look at. Bill, do you think Dante Moore will sign with Michigan? He is the quarterback from Detroit, I believe. Uh, highly ranked. Haven't heard much about him from Ohio State side of it. Do you think uh, old khaki pants will pull it in? Yeah, Dante Moore was here at uh, in Columbus at Ohio State for the uh, student appreciation. Uh, practice scrimmage, and uh, he has been to Ohio State multiple times. He's not going to end up at Ohio State unless something changes that I don't expect. Um, uh, but as far as Michigan, he is absolutely not a shoe in to go to Michigan. Um, he's got two official visits set so far, and neither one of them is Michigan. Although, again, you know, he's in their backyard, he's been there, doesn't necessarily need to do that. But, um, you know, if I had to pick one school right now, that might have the edge, maybe Notre Dame, you know, Notre Dame, at least for a while, I thought had the edge. Um, He's looking at LSU. There's a Notre Dame connection there with Brian Kelly, but uh, you know, it's not out of the question. He ends up at Michigan, but it's far from a lock. I I usually don't have sources better than bills, but the Dante Moore has come up in discussions, you know, of guys I'm talking to and Michigan seemed to be, all in on him and and supposing they're going to get him for what that's worth in my world of 
inside information. So, yeah, I think Michigan really wants him, obviously, and I don't. I think they'd be disappointed if he was at Notre Dame. Sue Zabo asked the question I knew was going to come up today, and I hope you guys have seen this. If not, I'll bring it up to speed. Did you guys see Nick Saban's comment about Texas A&M buying recruits last night? Okay. No, not, no. Here's what happened. There was some type of Alabama uh, talk to the fans or talk to the boosters deal. There was a commentator, and up on stage was uh, Nick Saban and Nate Oates, who's the basketball coach. Someone must have asked um, a question about NIL to Saban. And he said out loud, I'm paraphrasing here, but I'll, I'll get close. He said that uh, they, uh, Alabama had the number two recruiting class in the SEC last year. Uh, Texas A&M was number one, and they bought every single player. That's what he said. He said, we bought nobody. And he said, the fear is that that will continue. And that while Alabama obviously is in the mix for great prospects now, his fear is that the teams that pay will eventually usurp the teams that don't. I don't think that's totally accurate, but what do you make of a coach coming out and claiming Jimbo bought an entire team? Bill, what do you think about that? That's That's got to be as inflammatory chatter among coaches as we heard in some time. Well, I, I, I would agree. But I guess, you know, if you're Nick Saban, you can do that, I suppose. Um, you know, I, I, he, he does, you know, bring up the, a good point of, of schools buying kids, so to speak. And again, we've talked about this before. Ohio State is, is doing it a little bit differently, you know. And to be honest, I like the way they're doing it a lot. You know, you'll get your NIL money and all once you produce rather than giving them some here before you and some there before you get here on you'll get it when you produce and then you'll really get your and your money when you sign that first or second round nfl contract because you're going to get developed at ohio state if you're a wide receiver for instance <laughs> and you do what you're supposed to do what ohio state thinks you're going to do you know ask chris Olave and garrett wilson how that worked out or their accountant you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the opposite of that on you guys. Quick, quick crying, Saban. This is the new game. Yep. Everything's gonna get bought. Uh, Jerry Jones and uh, Eddie DeBarlo. What they do to the NFL? Salary cap. The guys with the most money are gonna win. Okay, and that's the future. That's what's gonna happen. You're gonna buy guys from the portal. You're gonna buy guys from high school. And just because you're Alabama and Ohio State and you have the nicest stuff. It's a whole new world out there. It's the wild, wild west right now. And Ohio State and Alabama are trying to be the white knight on the white horse riding in saying, oh, wait for your NIL money. Kids and parents in high school want paid now. They're going to take guaranteed money and they're going to take it up front. And eventually, Ohio State and Alabama are going to have to start joining this party. Uh, it, it's just the way it's going to be. Once you introduce money into this whole thing, money's corrupt. It's going to corrupt the whole the whole situation. There, there could be a school we're not even talking about right now with a rich donor that starts buying classes of players. And once the talent's gone, there isn't talent left for Ohio State and Alabama to be Ohio State and Alabama and Georgia. If it's getting diluted throughout college football, you're going to see what happened in the NFL. More of a parity, more of an even this, or the balance of power gets shifted to where the money is. And 
you know, is a salary cap in college football something too far in the distant? Maybe once, you know, this apple cart gets upset a little bit, but I, I think Saban better grab hold of it because, yeah, there's a lot of people that want to take a shot at him, and they're going to use their money to take his players. And say what you will, the, what, uh, the quarterback in Tennessee, $8 million deal. A guy out of the quarter, millions of dollars. This isn't a $500 handshake like in the past. This isn't $2,000 to get your mom a new car. This is life-changing money as a 17- and 18-year-old. Uh, you'd be foolish not to go where the money is if you're these kids. I don't care if they were asking you to play at the bottom team in the FCS. If FCS offers a guy that kind of money, it's money. Go. The NFL will get you from anywhere. Okay, so facilities and stuff like that that used to recruit players, yeah, you put your money into your facilities. These places are going to put the money into the players. And I'll give you one more example. Pitt and Pittsburgh University have the same building. You walk into the building, there's two doors on each side. One's for Pitt, one's for the Steelers. The University of Pittsburgh's football offices are nicer than the Steelers. You walk into the Pitt building, and you can't believe the money in there. You walk into the Steelers building and it looks like a, an abandoned uh, warehouse. You know why? Because the money goes to the players in the NFL. It doesn't go to the coaches and the facilities and stuff like that. Where we're, we're, what, 16 months into this, you know, uh, paying the players thing, NIL thing. Give this thing four or five years and our conversation should be totally different. I know that was a long answer to disagree with you guys, but hey, it happened in the NFL and the other owners didn't like it. It's going to happen down here in college football. To me, it only becomes huge in college football when it upsets the competitive balance. We haven't seen that yet, but you make a good point. Nicholas Iamaleva, and Bill can speak to this in a minute here, I believe was the number one quarterback in the class. He would not have gone to Tennessee had he not gotten paid. That doesn't make any sense, unless there's some connection there I don't know about. His dad's on staff or something. But I really think this is going to have a much bigger effect in basketball than football just because you know, you got 22 starters in a football game. You can add one big-time basketball player, and your program can go from yep. also ran to – I mean, can you, LeBron James as a high school kid going – if you went to Akron, Akron would have had a chance to make the NCAA tournament and stuff like that. So just the ripple effect of one player in basketball, to me, has a much bigger chance of affecting it than football. But listen, anything is possible, I guess, the way things are going now. It's – it's the uncharted waters aspect of it that I think that bothers the Sabans of the world because once you give them the rules, they're going to dominate. You know, once you give Ohio State the rules, they'll be able to gerrymander it towards their favor. What these guys don't like right now is they've been taken out of control and that the guy with the biggest checkbook can just outright everybody. And you, you nailed it. It's not like Ohio State and Alabama don't have boosters that'll step up to the plate and start doing these things, but. I talked about it a couple weeks ago. It's a low percentage thing. You start paying 20 freshmen, 10 of them are going to bust, and that money you just set on fire. So boosters have to be aware of that. And I think these bigger schools are aware that, hey, you guys are just going to start burning cash. you know. And we don't really want to get into that game of burning cash. We'd rather put the cash to the seniors. Okay, that is the smartest play right now. But eventually, yeah, like the NFL, they burn cash all the time. Half of their salaries – lost money. I mean, they lose players for a year that cost them $20 million. They don't blink. So that's just going to be part of the burn rate of running a college program is, yeah, we're going to have a $10 million pool for freshmen. And if 5 million goes in the trash, 5 million goes in the trash. The other 5 million was well spent. And, and they'll, they'll figure it out too. I mean, yeah. it's like Urban said, you know, it's going to take five years to figure this thing out. Yep. And if it turns out 
that uh, the way Mark is describing Ohio State and Alabama, they'll evolve and they'll do what they need to do, so to speak. It's just, you know, you got two different approaches right now. Yeah. It's going to be fascinating. That's for sure. And um, it definitely makes for good headlines. All right. Let's take one more question before we boogie. Spider Sillery gets the last call. Will Sonny Styles see the field much this year? I don't know if he will see the field that much. He obviously is uh, talking about Sonny Styles, who has reclassified into this class. He is arguably one of the top physical prospects I've seen in Ohio and sometime on defense in terms of just checking all your boxes. Once again, son of an NFL player, has a brother playing receiver at Notre Dame. I think, this is my opinion, he was the MVP of Pickering Central's state basketball championship run. Many think it was Devin Royal, who's the more highly regarded basketball prospect, but I am one for the grinder that Sonny Styles was and the ability to take on any matchup from six foot to six ten shows you what this guy can do. Bill, do you think he'll get on the field early this year? We mentioned CJ Hicks as a possible contributor. Be pretty incredible if Sonny Styles who should be a senior in high school was able to produce at the shoe this year. I don't, I don't think it's out of the question, but uh, a couple things there, you know, these other guys that, that we've talked about, uh, uh, Kai Stokes and CJ Hicks. And so they were in spring practice. That's right. an advantage. Definitely. Sonny Styles doesn't show up uh, till, till the, the summertime and, and then gets really started as far as practice in the fall. So that's going to put him behind a little bit. Um, can he do it? Oh, he's a tremendous athlete. So not out of the question. But we, I don't even think we know for sure what position Sonny's going to play yet. Is he a safety? You know, we'll see. Is he a linebacker? You know, we don't know that yet. So let's get him on the field and see, you know, what position he is and how he, how he acclimates and all before we say if he's going to play or not. Mark, you get the last word on this. Did I overhype his uh, potential? No, no. And you know what? These prospects, when they're so awesome in high school, you kind of want to push the apple cart in front of the cart. And he's one of those guys where you're excited to see. But, boy, that's that's a big ask for a young man to come into to the Ohio State University as a senior and to make an impact. And, you know, I mean, Travion Henderson, wow. I wish every freshman could come in and light up the scene like that. But this is like Bill said, that was what I was going to say. We got to get this kid a position. We got to get him terminology and reps. And yeah, he may factor in later. He may start on special teams and start rotating. But this is a season long process for him coming here early. Uh, I don't think he came. I think people think when he came here early and reclassified, he was so special that, yeah, LeBron James type. He's coming in early. Let's get him on the field. Maybe down the road you see that type of player. But yeah, he, he's got development. He, he probably needs a good offseason. I mean, if he's playing basketball and those other sports, he probably hasn't had a true weightlifting year under his belt. You know, so uh, we, he might even be a defensive end in a couple of years. Unbelievably talented, no disrespect at all, but being a senior in high school and trying to play at that type level of football, that would be a big ask for any player. Uh, but Ohio State's where those players show up. We will definitely keep an eye on an eye on him. Sonny has become kind of a, a mythical hero in the state with all he's done in the last year. So we certainly are glad that he's not headed to South. We are also glad that 
Mark and Bilka make the time for us today. Almost 40 minutes of quality podcasting radio love. We'll be back next Thursday. Have a great one, Bucknutters. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.